Hello and welcome to WSOS 103.9 FM St. Augustine, 95.5 FM Ponte Vedra Beach, Nocatee, and live from anywhere at stagustine.com and this is Kathleen and you are listening to manifesting magic in your everyday life. So, today I have a special guest on the phone here and he is calling in all the way from Vegas. So, we have a Mark with a Q. How are you today, Mark? I'm doing well, Kathleen. How are you doing? I am awesome. I'm so happy you are with us. So let me just introduce Mark. Mark with a Q. And I think that's awesome because that's just not the usual name of spelling a name, way, way of spelling a name. And I spell my name a little bit differently too. So I'm sure people don't smell, spell that right for you a lot. But so Mark is the host of Somewhere in Vegas, and he is a writer, director, filmmaker, radio, and podcast host. So Mark, you know, keeps it pretty busy. So Mark, how is it out there in Vegas right now? Um, it's actually, you know, it's actually pretty nice, although it's been a little bit colder as of late. Um, you know, it's, it's starting to feel like, you know, um, I'm, I'm originally from Montana, so it's kind of feel like fall in Montana down here. So it's a little bit, it's a little bit, um, it's a little bit cooler than I'm used to, but, um, we should hopefully warm up hopefully within the next next couple of weeks or so, hopefully once we get to in, more into spring. Yeah, I guess spring will be here. I don't know where this month has gone, right? So I guess it's already February. Um, it seems like this year is already flying by to say that it's February 6th. So it's not even like February 1st anymore. <laughs> I just, I don't know, you guys, that just blows me away. Okay. So tell us a little bit about what it is that you do. So there's a documentary that you are putting out there now. And just tell me a little bit about what that's about. Well, you know, um, you know, I, I, you know, I'm one of those people that have multiple projects going yeah. on, you know, and, um, when you were on my show, I explained the idea that, um, this past year was just about trying to, to get some of these projects completed and all that as well. Um, and, and kind of, kind of, a kind of, I'll, I'll make the story relatively short. Um, I run a website called wombatsports.com, which talks, it focuses on, uh, women in combat sports, hence the name wombat. Um, and I've been kind of, um, I've been a, a supporter of the, the women's divisions of mixed martial arts, uh, for a very long time. Um, probably eight or nine years, well, probably about as long as I've been a podcaster. And, um, and I went into a kind of a way where I was trying to look at different aspects of the sport and how the future of the sport was going to be. Um, I had done a, uh, a earlier documentary a couple of years ago about a Muay Thai fighter, um, a female Muay Thai fighter out in uh, Thailand um, um, called Young Roy um, that went out on the festival circuit. And, um, you know, I went to the Muay Thai aspect of it. Um, I dove a little bit into a, um, the MMA aspect of it on a, on a, um, on a short documentary I did um, a couple of years ago. And then I said, well, let's, let's, let's try, let's go look into wrestling because I saw this really interesting tweet about the NCAA mm-hmm. did a survey about the high schools um, and what was the most popular high school sport that's not a part of the, um, the NCAA. And women's wrestling was, girls wrestling was the uh, number one on their list. Um, and this is, um, um, this is kind of fortunate that the fact that today is National Women and Girls in Sports Day. Today. It is. Yes, well, that's it is. awesome. Okay, that's so, good to know. So it's great to have, to have that as well. But yeah, um, but anyway, um, I wanted to dive into the aspect because, um, you know, kind of the explanation of why this is a growing sport. Um, coming in from an MMA background, I was thinking part of it is dealt deal with the fact that these girls want to go into mixed martial arts and they see a kind of a way to want to um, get into that aspect of the sport um, through that kind of experience. Um, and that's true about for about a third of them. But um, there was a local college team that um, was just starting um, their first year, and I decided to go ahead and follow them for a year um, during their season. And it just wound up expanding to me interviewing a bunch of other, you know, other teams, a high school team, um, a coach of a of a girl uh, a girls team that's you know like middle school, um, you know, right, right at the beginning of what they're doing, um, and you know beyond some really important uh, people in the, in the sport as well. Um, and it's just amazing to be able to see, first of all, the growth of the sport over the year that I did do this project. And the other thing is the fact um, you, t- you talk about manifesting mm-hmm. um, and, and mindset. 
well, just talking to some of these girls about how how wrestling has changed their lives in terms of their mindsets. Um, it's just absolutely amazing to hear some of these stories that um, I did during the documentary about how maybe they were a little troubled or maybe they were, you know, they were a little bit feisty. Maybe they were, they were, had a lot of energy that didn't know where to direct that. And once they went into wrestling, they kind of found that focus. So it was great to be able to do this, this project. We, we talk a lot about why the, why the, the sport's growing, um, all aspects of the sport, what, what hurdles they're going through right now. Um, in terms of that, um, in terms of the growth, and uh, what are they they're seeking in, in the future in order to make the sport um, nationally, internationally um, known a little bit more? Um, it's just it's just an amazing project. Um, everything kind of came together absolutely great. All the people that I was able to meet was just absolutely amazing. So it's just great to be able to have this project out there. Um, we're going to uh, hopefully premiere it um, at the Artemis Film Festival in Los Angeles coming up in April. Um, we should have hopefully an announcement officially uh, around the beginning of March. Oh, that is awesome. And you're right, you know, because it sounds like some of these girls, which we'll find out more on the, in the documentary, but they they knew that they needed something in their life, right? And this is something that they found a passion for and they all had different reasons of actually going into this. When, are they calling it um, girls MMA or women's wrestling? Um, you know, I mean, they call it women's, girl, women's and girls wrestling. Um, the next martial arts portion of it was just how I kind of got into the wrestling portion okay, of it. Okay, okay. I see. Um, so, yeah. I mean, as, as, a gateway, as a gateway for these girls to go into the mixed martial arts or whatever. I mean, they see girls like Ronda Rousey and Misha Tate um, and Chris Cyborg, you know, and they want to they be that way. And there's not really many outlets right now in terms of the high school end of things, uh, sports that they can – they can join in order to do that. Uh, wrestling is ultimately one of those one of those sports that um, really kind of phases in nicely if they do want to go into the mixed martial arts. So yeah. um, it's just it's just the way that everything kind of happened. Um, so that's pushing part of it. Uh, that's only part of the reason why I think part of it too is the uh, ever changing uh, societal mindset that uh, <clears throat> it used to be. You know, it used to be that it wasn't girly to go into to a sport or. It wasn't. It was what I looked down to in society, and it was mm-hmm. just. Um, it's been interesting over the past um, couple of years just to see how that has changed. Um, you know, like I said Rhonda does have a lot. To, I'll admit, Rhonda does have a lot to to um, kind of um, you know kind of do with that. You know, to be able to do that, Serena Williams has a lot to do with that as well. I mean, being being a top tennis player, um, there's many girls out there that are in you know the U.S. women's soccer team too. There are a lot of these these, these women that are showing girls that. You know, it, you, you can you can still be, you know, you can still, you know, it's being accepted. You can mm-hmm. still be accepted and still play a sport. So oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And some of them, you know, the, the good example, I think, is huge, too. Right? Yeah. Because, unfortunately, in the sports world, and I'm not a huge, you know, I can't tell you any names for football. I'm not a huge football fan or anything. But from what I hear and see on news media, you don't have a lot of great role models. At least that's not the ones that they show us, right, in the media. And so the girls, it's great to see that there's more girls out there going for sports and they can actually tell those stories behind them as well, like in the documentary that you did. I think that's very important to know how some of the choices that led up to some of these women and girls getting into certain things because somebody may relate to that and they'll say, okay, I can do this too. I was in a situation similar. And that's the thing that I love about the stories behind why somebody chooses to do, whether it be a certain sport or an instrument or profession or passion or hobby or anything. So I love that you're going and doing that and letting everybody see like the behind the scenes work. Right, because the behind the scenes, I'm sure you got some of that too, right? Where it's it's a lot of work. It's not just the, yeah, you know the the thing like everybody sees on Instagram and Facebook. You know the best picture of the day. I mean, you're showing like the real stuff that it takes. Funny story from the uh, documentary. I um, a good friend of mine, Jess Phillips, I've known for years um, in the MMA world. Um, <clears throat> she's currently uh, part of the world, the U.S. World Grappling Team. Um, she coaches. Uh, all these little girls, um, you know, um, and, you know, she, she talks about the idea that, you know, um, if you go to Instagram and, you know, you want to look your best, you know, you want to look, you know, really good. Um, she tells a story about how these girls really are excited to take sweaty after practice photos <laughs> because, you know, they, they've been so accomplished, you know, they accomplished something and they want to be, be sure that they're proud 
who have perspirated and, and really kind of, you know, you know, shown that they did a lot of work. Yeah. So it's, so it's, so yeah, I mean, a lot of that, you know, like I said, a lot of that just, just is, is, ends up being perception. And, you know, these girls come out the other end, you know, it's, just, it's at the end of the, at the end of the documentary, um, I do a montage of, I ask the question, what did you get from wrestling? And, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing to hear that some of the answers that they get and a lot of it doesn't deal with necessarily their, their physical state, but more of it than their mental, the mental, the mental state, or mm-hmm. how, how they have ch- changed and grown through their mental state. So it's, it's just amazing to, to be able to, um, to see wh- what kind of growth these girls have, you know, sometimes, you know, and, and going back to the fact that you're talking about the idea of, you know, having someone to mentor you mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, having that as well. You know, back in the day, you know, a lot of the girls that I, I, I interviewed were some of like the first generation that that really started to started to do the sport, and they still had to wrestle guys. So they didn't really have that those people to go and, and kind of lean on. Um, and now, you know, Jess had talked about the idea that you know she has some of some of some of her younger, you know, some of her older kids mentor some of the younger kids, and there's a high school that you know where there there are there are older girls that can go and talk to the younger girls if they have a problem and kind of mentor them through so it's it's kind of amazing to see we're getting to that point where you know there's enough experienced people there that they can they can kind of lean on to and um you know if they have any problems you know that they can't tell a male coach about or you mm-hmm. know or you know if they don't feel comfortable telling an older person about you know there are some people that may be a couple years older than them that that could uh, kind of have that situation where they get really talking to them. Yeah, and that's a great idea. I mean, that's a great thing that you're talking about because that would be awesome to have in all the schools. So even if you're not in a sport, right? You know, you have certain people that maybe you know work on their mindset and they have, I guess, quote, head on their shoulders is what people call it these days. Or they probably always called it that. But, you know, that they already have like set people that they know that these younger generations coming through the school, since there's so much that goes on now that wasn't going on when we were in school, um, especially with social media and things like that, that they have somebody that they know that it's safe to go to. And I think that's great that it's working that way with teams and sports. But that's such a great idea to just do across the board, right? I mean, I think... That's something whoever's listening that's, uh, you know, teachers and principals and things like that, that might be something to, you know, take a little bit of a suggestion from the way they're running the sports like that, especially out there where you are. I think that's absolutely awesome. It's like a big sister or big brother, right, that's at the school. Exactly. And I mean, you know, I, I feel sometimes that, you know, some of the teens sometimes don't get connected. I mean, when I was younger, I... I had a very hard time connecting with other people. Um, and, you know, I think that there are those people out there that just find it really hard to connect with other people. And it, it, it's nice to have, you know, somebody that could kind of, you know, be a friend or, you know, be able to bounce ideas off of or, you know, bounce some troubles off of as well. I think sometimes we get kind of away from that and we mm-hmm. get to the perception that, you know, that some people may be not approachable or, or, or the fact that, you know, you know, you know somebody in the hallway and, you know, you, you, I don't say ignore them, but, you know, you, you know, you just don't, you know, kind of don't. Don't make don't eye contact. You, you don't do pretend yeah. like you don't see them. Sort of like. Eh. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, or, or, they just, you know, you, you just don't kind of be aware that there are, there are other people there that might, might need your help or whatever. And I think that's, that's very important nowadays, especially. Um, and with social you know, media and the way that the, yeah. I, yeah, the heads are buried in phones or. Yeah, exactly. iPads. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I also, I love what you said about kind of going down a hallway and not noticing somebody. You know, I always talk about flashing a smile because I think it's huge. Like, and I would love to teach the younger generation to do that. I mean, I can teach my kids, but I don't know everybody else's kids. And, you know, when you pass somebody, just flash them a smile because it's so contagious. And those energies that you're putting out, those other people are feeling that. And you could totally change somebody's day. You could totally change somebody's life just by looking up and not looking down when you're walking and smiling. And then people would possibly feel, and we're talking about schools, I guess, right now, but this is like in life in general, right? I mean, they would feel more accepted and not feel like they're a loner or that they can't approach somebody to talk to them because they feel that there's kindness around. I- and 
and then also that's the beauty of sport. I mean, to, mm-hmm. to be a, be a part of a team like that is 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 you know important. I think um, in terms of wrestling, I think that it's it's. I mean, you you figure it's an individual sport when you when you get on the mat. It's just it's just you out there, and it's it's your confidence and it's your abilities that you're testing, mm-hmm. and and you know win or lose or whatever. But in the practice room, you know there is so much there there isn't. There isn't as much competitiveness as much as, you know, people want each other to get better. They want each other to to perform well. Um, and as a team, you know, just to make sure that, you know, that you're you're performing at your best. You know, there might be something that you're not you're missing that somebody else might might see or or there's something that um, a person might, um, you know, might might know they've learned something and they, they want to pass it on to the next generation or the next person or the next teammate. Um yeah, and you know there's that camaraderie there too. I mean, there it's it's almost like it. I kind of well, this is about as close as I can get. Um, being in the trenches with with other with other people, you know, there's a bonding experience with that in terms of it. Um, so I think that that has a lot to do it do of it too. I mean, especially in sports, um, and to have the most more more opportunities for the girls to be able to have that opportunity. The guys have a lot of opportunities with a lot of the sports they do, but girls don't have as much experience as that. So it's great to be able to have have wrestling, uh, you know, kind of expand that way and to be able to have that where they do have some kind of bonding going on. Yeah, no, I, this this documentary, I'm excited to see it too because I don't know a lot about um, girls and women's wrestling because when I was in school it was mainly a, a guy's well it was <laughs> it was a guy's sport <laughs> that's what they did so I think that's awesome you know um you do this you do a podcast called somewhere in Vegas and I I've listened to some of your interviews and they're awesome you've had some amazing guests on so how do you why do you think that's been successful you know I mean you know you and I've talked about positive mindset and you know putting your intentions out there right how do you how do you desire something to turn out and be so what do you think as far as your podcast go goes why it's been so successful I would say curiosity um it's number one thing you know i'm I'm a very curious host i'm you know I think a lot of times. Um, we get into that mindset where, you know, and I go into an interview, I mean, I'm interested in the person and I, I ask some, some really kind of interesting questions and some unusual questions because of the certain fact that, you know, they sometimes get cookie, very cookie cutter. Um, a good mm-hmm. example is when, um, when actors do press tours, um, they seem to be asked the same question over and over again. And sometimes they just get so, you know, after, after like the, like the, 10th or 15th time they've been asked the same question, you know, they get kind of fatigued over that question. Yeah. There's no excitement Um, over it after that. After a while, you're just like, yeah. "Yeah, And yeah. Yeah. And you know, I said, I'm, I'm kind of excited about learning about people, you know, again, that goes back to my, my youth. I mean, I, you know, I've always had a problem, problem connecting with people. And I think the podcast has been so much, somewhat of a therapy for me. Um, to be able to be uh, able to ask questions and have a conversation with the person. Um, and I think a lot of people just see that, you know, they get to see the other side of some of these people that I get to interview um, on, on the, um, on the, you know, on the, on the podcast as yeah. well. Some of the, uh, some of the things, some of the questions they may even not have thought to ask, you know? Right. Um, you know, um, I was, I've, I've been a big example is, I mean, I, I had Weird Al on, I think about a year or two ago. I, I've been a huge fan of Weird Al for a very long time. <laughs> I and remember I Weird Al. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, I've been a fan of his. I've, I've seen him in concert. I mean, I've been a big fan of his. And his, his, uh, one of um, his, uh, his, um, his album um, in 3D was the first tape that I ever owned. Oh, um, wow. So I've been a longtime fan. So I was able to get him on the show. Um, I tried a couple of times to get him on the show. I just didn't want Willie Pan out. And then finally I was able to get to get to his publicist and I was able to get him on the show, which I was absolutely enthusiastic about. But the first question I asked him was, was about, about the Hawaiian shirts. Um, oh, he had yeah. always, there was always this thing about, about him having Hawaiian shirts on stage. He wore a lot of Hawaiian shirts back in the day. And I had asked him about that. And I don't know how many fans would have, would have, would have thought about asking about why, in the, why he used to have all these Hawaiian shirts. And he was telling me that, um, it was a part of his writer. He wanted to make sure that 
you know, um, that the people were doing what they what they were going to do on their on the rider. And one of the riders wings was have a have a Hawaiian shirt hurt there. It's very similar to what a lot of other bands did. And he was just trying to think of a creative one. And, okay. and, and Hawaiian shirts was it. Um, so that's awesome. And now that you say that, I, I yeah. see that I can see that yeah. in my head. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think that's, that's the idea just to be, just to be, it's just to be, um, be curious about it. And I think people, people get interested in that in terms of being, you know, being curious about, um, who people are, um, what their background is, um, how they got to their, the point at which mm-hmm. they got, you know, right. I mean, so that, yeah. So you bring what? me to to a question, but first we're going to sing, we're going to, I'm not going to sing a song. I was going to say we're going <laughs> to sing a song. I'm not singing a song. You might not want me to do that. But one of the songs that you love from the eighties is Come Dancing by the Kinks. And when you put this down, I, I was, I listened to it for a minute. I was like, oh my gosh, like I remember this song. I absolutely love it. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to play that song and we'll be back. Welcome back to Manifesting Magic in Your Everyday Life with Kathleen on WSOS 103.9 FM St. Augustine, 95.5 FM Ponte Vedra Beach in Nocatee and from anywhere on staugustineradio.com. And that was an awesome song. I haven't heard that song in so long. So great choice, Mark. I like it. Um, okay, so Mark, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, we, know we were talking about how interesting it is because you've interviewed some amazing people and how they got to where they are today. So can you just tell me a little brief summary and of how you got to where you are today and doing what you do um, with Somewhere in Vegas and the um, directing and filmmaking? Um, I actually um, I actually graduated uh, from Montana State University with a film and, and television degree. Um, I had actually also hosted a radio show at that point. Um, and, you know... For years, I mean, for many years, I was a news photographer. I kind of went in that that direction for a little bit. And, um, you know, ultimately, I wasn't happy with it. Um, You know, the pressures of the job, there's a lot of pressures of the job. I have um, met so many great people through through television and worked with a lot of great people. But ultimately, the pressures just kind of got to me at at some point. And, you know, I decided just to to leave it. You know, I decided to leave, leave, um, being a news photographer um, behind, but I still had some passion in terms of telling stories. And, you know, that's kind of um, where kind of where the, you know, documentary and the filmmaking kind of went back. I said, I had to go back into that. Um, in terms of the podcasting, um, the story goes is that a good friend of mine um, in Vegas, um, uh, Sean Daly, um, had, um, had heard of, and had, uh, had a show on this uh, network called Blog Talk Radio. And he was like encouraging me, why don't you go ahead and, and start, you know, start your own show? Um, and I was like, you know, let, let's, yeah, let me, let me, you know, I, I was, you know, I'd love to get back to radio, love to, back, be, you know, do some, some podcasting and, and try that out. And, and sure enough, um, I was able to get really, some really good interviews just by some contacts. Um, you know, I think Penn Gillette was my first interview on the, in, on the, on the show. So, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, kind of things kind of kind of lined up where I got some really good interviews and, and kind of things kind of rolled from there. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I just went back to filmmaking a couple of years ago. I uh, kind of missed it. You know, I wanted to um, to go back and, uh, you know, tell stories. And um, and the documentary just kind of spoke to me, too, just the idea of, of, of telling a person's story and, um, you know, and... Really, I mean, just financial-wise, it, it was a little bit cheaper for me to, to be able to jock marriage more often, but I do have a couple of fiction films that I did the past couple of years, and um, I got one that's currently I'm currently working on right now that we're just in, in post-production for. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it was just a situation where, you know, sometimes, I, I, I'll, I'll say this to your listeners, sometimes you get sidetracked by life. You, you, you wind up, uh, you know, taking a job where you, you, you probably, you know, don't necessarily like it, you may be getting, mm-hmm. getting good money, but... You don't have as much passion as you have for it, um, and then you, you you wind up late years later that you know that you get that opportunity where you get to go and pursue it, pursue your passion once again. You know, for me, I mean, you know, just working around everything. You know, I, I think it's more important for me to to work towards my passion than than anything else. Uh, you know, and you know, you got to make a living, but 
Yeah. Know, sometimes just take just take a little time to kind of pursue your passion. It doesn't have to it doesn't have to make you a million dollars. You don't have to be greatly successful at it. But if it makes you happy to be able to do, then then do it. And that's that's me. I'm not making millions of dollars off these documentaries at all. But with that being said, I, I just absolutely love it. You know, I love these pro- the products that I'm putting out, especially this last documentary. I think everything turned out really great on it. So there's just got to be that that point, you know, in life. You know, if if you if you kind of lost where you know you maybe you know maybe you you loved writing or maybe you loved to um, to do art or draw. You know, sometimes you know, just go back to it. You'll you'll find your passion again. I'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure of it. Yeah, I love that because that is absolutely right. You know, when you said that you were doing TV journalism and it just sort of got to be, you know, be a bit much, you know, the passion wasn't there anymore. You know, at what point did you reach that you decided, you know, I mean, I, I've got to follow my heart here. I have to follow my passion, something that's going to excite me. And like you said, make you happy. At what point did you reach that you just decided, okay, I'm going to go for it? Because I think there's a lot of people out there that, you know, yeah, you have to make a living, right? Because we have to have money to live, but they don't even follow their passion on the side because they just think, oh, well, I just can't do that. So what is it that made you decide that you were going to go in a different direction and start following something that actually made you feel soulfully fulfilled and happy? With, with, with news, you kind of want to understand that you have to turn things over pretty much every day mm-hmm. you know, with yeah. a 24 hour span. Um, a friend of mine, uh, Melanie, I interviewed on the, sh- on the, on the podcast. I remember her. Ago. Snow, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, we talked about the idea that there was a pressure in terms of, of having to turn something every day. Um, and, you know, we kind of get a, get a, get a, you know, journalism nowadays is, is kind of one of those things where everything is kind of instant. And, you know, when it came to coming back to documentary filmmaking or, or, you know, or, or going into documentary filmmaking, it's the fact that you have time to tell a story. You, you have a, a time to see how things kind of, um, you kind of turn out. I mean, this, this documentary is a pure example of that. Mm-hmm. When I, when I came into this documentary, I think it was October, I think October of, of 2017. Um, when I started, I started it and, the ability to um, see how the sport's grown because I wound up doing my last interview a year later. So I was doing a whole year's worth of interviews and to see how many, how much the sports changed, how many school, how many colleges and high schools have, have, have get, gotten women's teams, how many States have decided, Hey, we want to do a women's championship, a girls championship um, on the state level. Um, it's just amazing to see how everything kind of is. And for me to have a pressure of turning something over in a 24 hour period, um, and just that pressure of having to, in, 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 in my last job's case, uh, my last job as a news photographer, it was the fact that there was, they had me doing three or four stories a day, um, right. you know, going out one part of one part of Vegas to the other. And really there's a lot of pressure for me to a get to that place do something really, really quick, and then just, just come back to the station and try to turn as much as I, I possibly can. And that pressure just got to me. I was, I wasn't, it was not for me. I couldn't, I couldn't take doing that anymore. And well, like you, know, you said, that you kind know, of, kind ahead. of, kind of went into my documentary filmmaking, and that's why, kind of where I, where where that passion came from. Because you like to tell the whole story. Right. I mean, you were able then through a documentary to tell the whole story because when you're that rushed, you obviously can't, you have to pick and choose, right? Like, okay, I guess it's going to be this one because we have to do this quick. And and I'm sure you were great at what you did. So you were able to capture it. So people understood it, but you're right. By doing these documentaries, you can put your heart and soul behind it as well. Yeah. And you know, um, a lot of times I was shooting it, the, the, the reporter was writing it. Somebody else was editing it. You know, in this in this case, you know, a lot of the documentaries that I'm doing now, I'm pretty much most of the most of the crew. So, um, and especially with this last last project, um, there wasn't. Um, it was shot by me. I did the interviews. I was the one that was out, um, pretty much doing everything. So I was pretty much one man band throughout the whole process, and even up to the editing point. Um, and um, you know, as much as you know, I would love to have had a little bit more help. Yeah. Um, but. The thing was is that I had control of the product, and right. and that's that's one of those things that um, I think a lot of filmmakers love to have the idea that just to have that the idea that they have the uh, 
they have the idea of just just being able to control that product and to to be able to have your own vision um not modeled by other people's other people's things or whatever and um you know in news you don't really get that and like i said you just it, if if you tell a story one night it's going to change the next right um yeah. so you know it's just nice to be able to have that that opportunity to be able to tell a story and all that as well so um that's awesome yeah, it's, it's very interesting i'm glad that you were able to follow your passion because i, I there's a lot of people that can it's just it's a little bit of a fear right if you're doing something and you have a job and you're doing this but you've got this passion for something else so I'm really happy that you were able to do that because it shows even in your interviews that you do because like I said I've listened to them I listen to your stuff I mean it's very engaging um which is important and you have that innately in you to be able to talk to people and have them open up and talk about things with you because they're comfortable. And, you know, in saying that, what kind of, who else have you interviewed? Um, maybe, you know, that you have found very interesting. I'm sure there's a lot, so we, you probably can't go over all of them, but, you know, who's, what's the um, of them? You know, I mean, you know, it's really tough because, I mean, I've had so many, yeah. so many people on, on the podcast over the past 11 years. It's just, you know, sometimes I remember one one time where I I did a maybe a two hour show. I had four or five guests on, and that was because of happy happenstance. Um, it just happened that um, you know you know somebody you know misscheduled and somebody uh, came on, and then there was you know oh I I can do the show, but I can only do it at a certain time. Um, and there was one time where and 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 that time also the fact that I was interviewing somebody from America's Got Talent. And the bunch, one, come of the other people from America's Got Talent was happened to be nearby, so I was <laughs> able to interview them. Um, but you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I get a little bit, a little bit of everything from a lot of, a lot of other people. I mean, um, there, you know, there, there are certain, there are certain people that I have back on just because I absolutely love to talk to them. Um, um, Sean Pulaski being one of them. She's a really funny and talented comedian, um, and also an actress. Um, she, her new special just came out. Um, she's hmm. been a long time, a long time guest of mine for the past couple of years. Um, Erin O'Brien, who I've had, on, haven't had on the show on for quite a while, but, um, I always found her very entertaining as well. Um, yeah, there's, there's been quite a, quite a few people that have been on there a couple of times. Um, I've had, um, Eddie Money on a couple of times as well. Me and the, me and his publicist have been, a have had a really good relationship, working relationship as well. Um, I ended up breaking some news on my podcast and I ended up make, making a New York time, uh, New York post page six, which oh, I'm kind of proud of. Awesome. Um, and, um, you know, Charlie Daniels was a really great, great interview. I've interviewed him a couple of times. Um, but there was, yeah, there's been quite a few people along the way that have been interesting. And if, if, if they're interesting, um, if I don't get into everything about them, sometimes I'll ask them back just so I can, so I can dig a little bit further and all that as well. So it's, it's been great to be able to, to meet some of these people and, and ha- really kind of cultivate some of these friendships. Well, and like you said, the, towards the beginning, you know, you didn't really talk too much to different people, right? When you were younger, communicating wasn't no. something that you did. And so, I mean, I just love the way that this has blossomed for you. And it's, it's totally changed your life, I would say, right? Wouldn't you? Yeah, it is. I mean, really, I mean, it, it helped me to open up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, a little know, bit more. It almost has to be a lot because you're talking to people all the time about all yeah. different things. Yeah, it, you know, I mean, and, and you get to know people a lot better. I mean, like I said, when I was younger, I was very, very shy. I didn't talk much. Um, and I didn't talk to many, many people at all. You know, like I said, I, I had very few friends. Um, and it was just, like I said, really hard for me to connect with people. And you know, kind of knowing what people are nowadays and, and how, how how they think or how they feel or what kind of hurdles they've come over overcome or something like that. You get to know people a little bit better. And, you know, and you also get to kind of know a little bit about, um, you know, how, how they perceive success, how they mm-hmm. perceive, you know, themselves and how they how they uh, kind of raise their head. And, um, you know, it, it's kind of interesting just, just to kind of get that you know, kind of get that, that, that out of them. So, you know, you don't kind of, you don't kind of feel alone, you know, you don't feel like you're the only one that's had those, those right. or anything like that too. So, I agree. um, so it's amazing. And just to go back to one of the points that, that you had men- mentioned about the idea of, you know, leaving your job in order to, um, you know, pursue your passion. Yeah. Really? I mean, you don't have to completely leave your job right. to, to pursue your passion. Mm-hmm. What you can do is you can take a couple hours out of your week and to be able to, 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 to pursue it or, 
you know, and, and, or maybe take a weekend or something like that. You know, it's for me, you know, I mean, the podcasting thing, it takes a couple hours out of my week. I was able to, to book guests and I'll be able to record. Um, and you know, I kind of have the time managed because I've got so much, so many, so many things up my, so many balls up the air I usually yeah. have, but, um, creative but, people do. Yeah, exactly. But you know, um, if you start just lightly, you know, a couple hours a week, um, and you kind of work through that and then you start to realize that you have, you know, you, you get that kind of Mac back or whatever. Like I said, you don't have to completely, completely change your life in order to do that. Um, you can just, you know, in kind of a couple minutes, a couple hours worth of time. And that, that, that time can be somewhat lack, relaxing to you just to be able to, to pursue your passion or to be able to just, um, you know, be very almost, almost, I would say meditative. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the fact that, you know, you, you kind of just, you know, calm, calm yourself down a little bit and then just kind of feel a little bit and still that passion going on as well. So, yeah, don't, it doesn't necessarily have to mean that you, you give up your job or give up your life to, to pursue your passion. Sometimes you just take those baby steps. And if you get to that point where, hey, you know, my passion is really going, taking off and I can, I can, I could make money or I could, you know, live well mm-hmm. enough to, to be able to live off of it then, you know, that, that leap's going to be a little bit easier than just doing a sudden break. Like that. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I love that you said that because I, I agree a hundred percent. And those little baby steps is what gives you that spark. And I always talk about, you know, radiating out at different energy frequencies, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're a happy, smiley person, you know, people around you are going to feel that. But when you start feeling that spark, from those little baby steps that you're making towards your passion, that's when more and more opens up. And like you said, if you start noticing that that's taking off, then you kind of slowly back off the other one. But you don't have to quit all the all the way. But just I think it's really important for people to realize that you can still do them on the side. Take an hour or two a week or a couple of weekends to do things like that and see how that goes. But, you know, I, I know as we we get older and wiser, I like to say, and um, what would you tell your 25-year-old self now if hmm. you were to walk in and sit down and talk to you? Um, I would say, um, first of all, you know, just, just be prepared the fact that, you know, I mean, when I was 25, I was really kind of trying to, to figure myself out. And I was trying to figure out, you know, what I wanted to do. Um, well, I could get, I, how I could get my foot in the door in terms of where, where I wanted to be in life. And mm-hmm. I would say, you know, first off is the fact that, um, gain more connections, um, continue working hard because I was always a hard worker. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, you know, I would have, if I would have told my 21, my 18 year old self something, I would have said, you know, don't, don't go to, you know, don't go to take take college part time, work part time. That way, you can save up some money. You can you can um, you know you can pay off your student loans, and you don't have to worry about anything. And and just kind of figure out what you want to do with the rest of your life. Um, you know, twenty five is a little a little different because by then you got your college degree. I had my college degree by then. You did. Not everybody does. Some people yeah. are still going at it. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> But, um, yeah, but for me, I was um, t- talking about my 25 years. So yeah, yeah. I kind of knew where I wanted to, oh, I wanted to go because I had my degree. Um, it took me a little while to, 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 to get to that point where I was going into news photography. Um, but um, the thing was is that um, I think a big thing about, about growing up for, 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 people, for people is, is that you're going to be involved a little bit. I was thinking about this today. The mm-hmm. fact that, um, you know, when I was younger, I, I, I loved, I absolutely loved rap music. I was, you know, MC Hammer, Vanilla Ice, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like but, it. you know, I was never, I never liked country at all. Back when I was in high school, I, I, I kind of didn't, didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then when I turned around 30, I started listening to country music a lot more. So my perception, my perception changed. And right. I think that, you know, with those experiences that you get, um, and, and you're going to, and your mind's going to shift, shift a little bit once you, once you become, become a little bit older. And, you know, it's something that you can't, it's something that you can't prepare for. And it's something that you can't do when you're 25. It's got to be something that happens gradually. So, you know, right. just know that you're going to grow. You're going to learn, learn as much as you possibly can. When, when I'm 25, I'm talking to my 25 self, learn as much as you possibly can. 
um, you know, um, know, know, um, know enough, know that some things, may, you know, that may seem trivial when you're, when you're growing up may actually work out to your benefit later on in this life. Isn't that stay, so true? <laughs> and stay adventurous because, you know, I mean, I love, I love the fact that I'm a little bit more adventurous than I think, I think most people have, have tendency to do. I mean, um, we could go on another hour about all the stories that I've had in terms of some of the things I did just mm-hmm. basically on a whim. Um, well, you know, awesome. I think, you know, you know, being curious and and being that, that I think, you know, really did a lot for my life. And, you know, I, I would, you know, I'd say that, you know, just continue, continue to be curious, um, on that as well. And yeah, you I, know, I love that. You've said curious yeah. a few times and yeah. that stands out to me because that's so true. Just yeah. being curious about something allows you to research it, right? And feel it out some. Let's see what this is about instead of just turning your head because you don't know anything about it or you've not done it before. Exactly. And I mean, if you don't try it, then you're never going to have that experience behind you. I mean, you may you may have bad experiences, you mm-hmm. know, trying something. Um, but you do that when you when you eat something. You know, it's like True. you know, first time you eat something, you may absolutely hate it. Um, I remember I went to the World's Fair um, back in the eighties, and we tried lamb for the first time. I didn't like lamb. Well, I didn't like lamb. Um, so um, I think that um, yeah, I think it, it's just the fact that you know you'll have some of that experiences, but for the most part, you're going to learn a little bit more. Um, you may not exactly enjoy it or hate it, but then again, you learn a little bit more about it. So yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that. that's, that's the big, big, big thing about my life. That's probably my, my, my big motto is to be curious, just to be curious about, about life and, and, and the world and people and, and everything like that. And, and you'll, you know, you'll, you'll find that you'll, you'll find, uh, you know, little things that'll make you happy. You'll find things that make you think and really kind of get into the right mindset. I like that. Be curious. I'm going to have to be saying that more often. Okay, so uh, we're going to play a song because I have another question for you when we come back. But this is another one of your faves from the 80s, Wishing Well by Terrence Trent Darby. And I love this song too. So like, I think think we have some of the same taste here. Okay, we're going to play this. We'll be right back with Mark with a Q. Welcome back to Manifesting Magic in Your Everyday Life with Kathleen. And I... I'm so honored to have Mark with a Q here, who is the host of Somewhere in Vegas, and it's a podcast. The podcast is awesome. He has interviewed some amazing people, and the questions that he asks is intriguing and curious. Um, I love that word now. (laughs) I mean, I think of Curious George because my kids have those books, but I think it's like cooler than that. You know, like now I want to stay curious all the time. So I'm going to be more curious and I'll let you know how it goes, Mark. Um, but Mark, you had mentioned to me that you lived in Florida at some point. Um, I did. Yeah. I mean, I was a news photographer out there. Um, it was interesting. I was on West coast, West coast of Florida. Um, I, uh, the station was out at Cape Coral, but I, um, but I also did some karaoke DJing in Fort Myers, which was a lot of fun. It was probably one of my, one of my fun, funnest, uh, jobs that I've ever had, um, as well. But, um, that does sound like, but, fun. um, I figured, I figured I would, I would, um, kind of talk a little bit about a story that ends up being about that station. And, um, it's, it's a, it's a story about karma and I think it'll be a good, good way to kind of, kind of, um, kind of, uh, wrap things up yeah. a little bit. Um, and the thing was, is that I was working at the station, the, um, the reporters and the producers I worked with are absolutely great. Uh, the management, however, was not. <laughs> um, the man, um, I had been promised to raise, I wasn't getting the raise. Um, and I found out that somebody had been hired, um, af- and after me that was being paid more. So, um, to say the truth, I wasn't, I was not too happy with right. it. Um, an accident happened where, um, a camera got damaged and, um, and the station decided to go ahead and fire me for that. Um, oh, something no. that was not my fault. The reporter had vouched for me that, you know, it was, it was an accident. Um, so, you know, so they fired me. I, you know, I took out my things. I, I left the, up the building. Um, and I went to the bar where I do karaoke at and, uh, I, I dare go DJ, DJ Jack. And I figured I would just, um, I would just be there. And, you know, I told, he told, you know, I told my friends, the reporters and producers, you know, I'll be over there if you guys want to, you know, want to, you want to talk to me or whatever. Um, so, um, one of the reporters starts, comes in, 
comes into the bar and says, you'll never guess what happened. I'm like going, what? <laughs> he said, about half an hour after you left the station, lightning struck it. <gasps> oh, no. And they they fired Mark. <laughs> this is yeah. what happened. Mark put those energies out there, and it was like, <laughs> right down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, no. One of, the curi- one of the curious things about it, and really to tell you the truth, I mean, that was, um, I was about to leave the station anyway, and um, I was pretty much already offered uh, a job out in Vegas because I had a reporter friend that had, had moved out there. Um, so, um, so it wound up, wound up working out where, um, I basically had a, you know, had a month, month off, but then I, I started my new job over in Vegas. So, um, so yeah, I mean, everything kind of worked out, but yeah. you know, it's kind of weird that, you know, once in a while you get those karma things where, you know, really, you know, something, something really kind of bad happens, but then something happens that you never expect, you know, and it's something that. Mm-hmm. was kind of, you know, I wouldn't say weird, but it was just some of those things where it's kind of almost karma. So Yeah, I like uh, to say because there are no coincidences. These things are happening yeah. on purpose, right? Because we're yeah. creating them on purpose. And that I talk about that a lot, you know, when you, you know that the camera broke, you were already going to leave. Mm-hmm. But then they fired you and that was not very nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you go to the karaoke bar, which is awesome because you like the karaoke anyway. By the way, karaoke DJ, is that what you said you did? Yeah. What, what yeah, is, I did that, like, that bar, yeah. Like what, because I've done karaoke before, but I think we just like sat, got up and sang. So what does a, a karaoke DJ do? Because it sounds awfully cool. I haven't yeah, been to a know, cool bar like that. You know, you know, I think that that's, we had a computerized system, which was nice. I mean, mm-hmm. that was, this was, this was before, um, this was the early days of when it was computerized. I mean, back in the day when, when the, we're, we're at the end of the days when they were using desks and, and getting into the, the idea that there is, but, uh-huh. um, you know, um, yeah, I, I mean, it was fun. I mean, you know, um, you, you, you know, sometimes nights you'd have like, you know, hundreds, you know, uh, not hundreds of people, but a lot of people just in, it packed in the bar and it was, um, it was one of the one of the places where I think it I think we did it seven days a week. So we rotated out, you know, DJs. Um, you know, so I was doing it a couple nights a week, um, and it was a situation where we just, um, you know, it was fun. Um, it sounds you know, like it was fun. That's why I want to ask about it. Uh, there, there were a couple of quirks, like you know, if they if people requested the same song over and over, or you know, there was a popular hit that was. Um, that was um was there sometimes I'd lie and say we don't have it um <laughs> but um oh, but yeah funny. it was it was it was a lot of fun you know there there's some people that just can absolutely not sing there are some people that actually <laughs> actually actually had really good voices mm-hmm. um and the funny another funny story i can tell you is the fact that um when um when i was out on a on a um on a uh, i was out on a story um somebody had had recognized me um, because I was a DJ over at, at, at the restaurant, it, the restaurant, by the way, it's called Mona Lisa's in Fort Myers. I believe it's still there. Oh, okay. Um, but, um, somebody recognized me from that. He didn't recognize the reporter. So, um, <laughs> it was kind of funny. That, yeah. That, that, that was that, that was that way, but. That's the cool um, DJ guy, the cool karaoke DJ guy. Exactly. Yeah. The cool karaoke DJ guy versus the, the reporter that's on, on the television almost every night. Yeah. Well, um, no, I mean, cause so, you know, I but, think the karaoke is um, cool. But yeah, but it was, it was a lot of fun. I, I made, I made decent money at it. Um, you know, sometimes I would get maybe a hundred dollars worth of tips, you know, depending on the night. Um, you know, it, it was, it was just a lot of fun and, you know, like four or five hours a night. And, you know, like I said, I was getting extra income and it was a fun job. So, um, it sounds I could, like I could, it's I could, fun. It sounds like, yeah, awesome. I can sing, I can sing pretty well too. So I'll, I'll get a song in once in a while too. So, um, you know, oh, well, was, we'll have to fun. hear that at some point. Yeah. I'll have to hear you singing because I'm a car singer, which I mean, like that <laughs> means that I sound really well in the car when I sing. Cause I think I yeah, do. I'm, I'm very, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I've always wanted to go on America's Got Talent and just, just have the idea of just them picking any random song and I could probably sing it. Really? Um, well, I guess, yeah. Past 2000, but, uh, <laughs> that would, that would be awesome. Wouldn't it? But yeah. you, know, you know, Mark, you have been awesome. Um, it has been such a pleasure to have you here on the show. And I have really enjoyed 
everything you've said. And I'm looking forward to the the um, documentary, documentary, Girls Grappling in Grit. And that's going to be debuted, you said, sometime in April. So where can people find that after that? And if they want to go to, to Facebook and look up Flair Dog Productions, F-L-A-I-R-D-O-G uh, Productions. Okay, um, I'll put that on, on the post too. Okay. Yeah. So um, you, you guys can, can find, I believe I have the trailer posted on there as well, if you guys are curious oh, to see okay. what the trailer looks like. Um, and um, like I said, we'll have an announcement hopefully within the next, I would say within the next, um, within an, um, March 1st, I think, is when they're officially announcing it, uh, announcing it, the, the, um, um, the Artemis Film Festival, what, um, you know, what, what movies made it and all that as well. But okay. um, I've had a relationship with Artemis for, for quite a few years, so... Um, kind of, you know, I'm kind of thinking that they're going to pick it. So, um, oh, we're going to put really the energies out there for that for you so. on that one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, so That's if you're awesome. in the Los Angeles area, we'll all have, I'll have, if you go to Flare Dog Productions on, um, on, uh, Facebook, um, I'll have more information, um, of where you guys can watch if you're in the LA area in April. Um, after that, we'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I can, I can tell you where I'll, I'll hopefully I'll have a place to tell you where to, where to watch awesome. it. Okay. Um, I've got other couple places that are interested in, in actually, actually being it for, for people. So I will, I'll let everybody know that uh, when it gets to it. And I hopefully will make it into a series. I think, um, it's very wide open to, uh, to, a, to possibly being a little bit of a series for, uh, some online streaming service or maybe a television station. So we'll, we'll, we'll see that. We'll hopefully manifest that in the next year. Oh, yes. We can manifest and create anything that we put our minds to what we focus on grows. So, um, thank you so much for being here and everybody also listen to somewhere in Vegas. Actually, you can Google somewhere in Vegas, Mark with a Q and it comes up for blog talk radio and he has some awesome, awesome interviews. So thank you so much, Mark, for being here. We'll post all of this also. If anybody wants to find it on the WSOS page, and this will also be available on podcasts once this gets downloaded and uploaded. And also thank you so much for being here for manifesting magic in your everyday life. You can follow me on KathleenMinor.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And thank you for listening to WSOS 103.9 FM St. Augustine, 95.5 FM Ponte Vedra Nocatee, and from anywhere at stagustine.com. Thanks. Have a nice night. Just, just